I'll wait for him. Welcome to the Flashpoint Podcast. My name is Owen Higgins. I am your host, as always. Uh, while we wait for Aaron, just a quick update to kind of an ongoing story that, uh, as you'll know if you've been listening, uh, Alex Contempasis, a Albany-area left-wing journalist and activist, uh, was sentenced, was, uh, was convicted of stabbing a couple of Proud Boys uh, during a January 6th event in Albany, New York. He's now awaiting sentencing. Uh, we had Alex on the show. Uh, for anybody who missed what happened there, he came on. Uh, I read from the, uh, some, some of the evidentiary documents that I had obtained. Uh, not that I necessarily obtained them from him or from anybody, uh, but the prosecution in the case, the, the state prosecution in Albany, thought that they came for me and they tried to subpoena me as well as uh, tried to charge Alex for violating a protective order over the evidence in the case. Um, that didn't come to pass because they weren't able to subpoena me because the uh, – the authorities in the area where I live uh, were not particularly inclined to serve the subpoena uh, for some reason, I think, because it was uh, just clearly bullshit because of – maybe because of New York's shield law. I'm not sure. Uh, or maybe they were just lazy. Who knows? But anyway, uh, Alex was convicted of this attack, and uh, he is facing, I think, a minimum of 20 years now. So that is that is uh, pretty distressing. Um, I think – we will probably have uh, a show kind of going into that in the next month or so. There are some kind of fundraisers being set up. He's going to be sentenced, in, I think, November 20th. I might have the exact date wrong, but he'll be, he'll be sentenced around then. So uh, we're, we're kind of waiting to see what will happen. He has an appeal going, so, so there is that. So if you've been following that story, uh, that's what has happened recently with that, but uh, Aaron is here, and now we can talk about the more national stories that have been going on. Aaron, hey, how's it going, man? Going? Can you hear me? All right, cool, cool, cool. I can I'm hear good, you, man. I How can are hear you? you. Oh, well, actually, I just heard, man. I'm all right. I, I had no idea. I'm, I'm sorry, man. Jesus. Yeah, it's pretty, it's, it's, it's pretty messed up. So, I mean, he was at this January 6th protest um, in Albany, 2021, while... You know, while the while the right wing uh, people in D.C. were getting ready to storm the Capitol, and and he was there, and uh, I mean, there's there's video evidence of this that that the prosecution put up online for a while. They took it down, but um, there are other places to find it now, which show mm-hmm. that there's at least, I mean, in my opinion, like looking at it, there's at least like a reasonable doubt about like what happened here. There's at least like a possibility that like this is you know an, an evidence of uh, of of self defense. Yeah, yeah. um, uh, Alex I mean, and his side. I mean, I, can, of I, mean, I think the I think anybody did not start the fight. You know, huh, that's, saw that's that's everybody clear. saw the events that of that day. Uh, you would assume that uh, anybody going there to document what's happening is not the aggressor there, right? Sorry, sorry, no, sorry. Right, right. Well, I mean, like, so, so this again. So this was in Albany. It wasn't in D.C. But, you know, like, but, but, but still, like, it was the kind of the same yeah. thing. They were just kind of, um, okay. they. I mean, they were out to specifically counter protest against the right wing 
uh, people who were who were objecting to the outcome of the election. And uh, basically, what happened, you can see it on the video, um, is there's there's a kind of a conflict between one of yeah. the uh, one of the black members of the anti-fascist. Yeah. Or uh, you know, I mean, that's that's just kind of a general term, not Jesus not Christ, exactly, yeah. and not really any kind of organized thing. But um, and then the proud boy just hauls off and punches him right in the face, and a brawl erupts. Yeah, yeah. So it's not yeah. it's not really like it's it's not really in question like who started the shit. Um, it's then there's you know there's there's video that seems to show like yeah. Uh, that appears to show well, Alex. I mean, I'll tell you um, what, man. I know uh, we're, we're talking about this guy. stuff. But not, I, I mean, it's hear, from um, very far away. I went so to the uh, exactly Stop the Count rally but... in um, Atlanta, you know, in 2021, I think. Um, what 20, I guess it was 2022 at that point, but early in the year. And because um, I just wanted to, or it was a, lot, well, a couple of them I'm talking Yeah, it was like, what, yeah, it was like 2021. And I guess I just wanted to see, like, you know, like what was going on, man, you know? Like, just to, not even to document it, just to, like, I mean, these people are in my city, these Proud Boys, and what they do. If anybody's seen them, is I mean, they antagonize people, you know? Like, what they want to do is they want somebody to throw a punch, and then the cops are there um, protecting them, you know? Corralling us off and letting a few of us stray around while these Proud Boys just run around and shit and start shit with people, you know? So, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I'm, I hope everything, you know, everything works out, man. You know, that is, that is fucking crazy. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, I mean, it's basically up to the appeal right now because, like I said, I mean, he's facing like uh, 20 years, I think, minimum for, for 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 the charges he was convicted on. But apparently, they have a good chance uh, with the with the appeal. And and I talked to him on the phone uh, last weekend, and he sounded in pretty good spirits, which was like surprising yeah, considering. So, absolutely. Um, hoping that hoping that the appeal works and that and that we uh, we see some kind of uh, conclusion to this that that doesn't end with him being in state prison for 20 yeah. years plus because yeah. i think that would be i think that would be the longest that anybody has served for any act of like violence or anything from january 6th which would be kind of perfect that it would be like this like lefty alternative journalist from albany New i mean York, yeah you know i mean we'll we'll, we'll talk about it you know we talk about because I mean, Paul um, Pelosi, because I mean, you know, I have thoughts on that, but uh, it's just, I mean, it's just, the, like, I think the most has been given it's just the normalization years, so. of, of, it's just the normalization of fascism, right? Or whatever you want to call it, right? But this right-wing violence, you know, and it's, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's scary. I mean, you know, I mean, that's, I mean, that's, that's, yeah. uh, I mean, that's but, just an understatement, but it really is terrifying, you know? I mean that is a good transition. Let's just let's just like dive right into that. I mean, the the attack yesterday on yeah. Nancy Pelosi's house, uh, where her husband Paul was uh, attacked with a hammer. I guess this would have happened late. Um, Probably needed staples or something like that. Late um yeah. yeah and and you know was attacked yeah, with a no, hammer yeah. and yeah that's uh, fucked up i mean i want to be clear you know, brain like, surgery but it turns out you know i know people like, know me you know, for like, a skull fracture but it's not like his brain shit, wasn't and, um, wasn't damaged you know but, um, but I, I think right-wing violence is never yeah happened, yeah right? yeah but still like, it's never but it's still like it's still fucked up though no matter how you feel about these people um i think that's just like it's scary when it's it's when it's coming from the right wing like that i think the same thing with january 6th right or any of the uh, protests that we saw in state houses um, during the pandemic and whatnot. I think that's unequivocally terrifying, you know.
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's. I mean, that's a good way to to frame it. Like, you don't need to like. I, I, look, I assume that if you're listening to the show, like the chance of you like being a big Nancy Pelosi fan is pretty low, right? But uh, but like, you don't need to like. To, to to think that she's good or even like even neutral to understand like that this is not a great thing um and this guy who who did it this david the pape guy so it yeah, looks like easy steps right he That's, uh, the was slope, uh or is this kind of like went from like this new age kind of hippie stuff all the way into QAnon within like you know a, a pretty a brisk 15 years here um right right and so and 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 we'll we'll take a caller in a second here but i I just want to kind of finish this thought just to say that like you know a lot of people that i grew up with and grew up around in western massachusetts are like this as well uh this kind of like kind of divine energy of the masculine and the feminine like like the uh like like uh all of this kind of crazy woo-woo hippie magic and then they just uh, the pandemic, I think, just broke a lot of their brains. Like, there's just a lot of people I know who who I went to high school with, or who I used to just hang out with and get high with, like like way back in the day, and now are ha- have just kind of like devolved into like uh, anti-vaxxers, anti-trans, just like going like like completely off the wall. And the thing is that like it's not necessary that those politics or at least like the anti-vax kind of like you know rejecting big farmer stuff is necessarily going to lead you to to right wing in in the sense of like the ideology itself but the way that the anti-vax uh anti anti-vax conspiracy theory stuff has really started to like push people toward the right now the way that it's become this kind of partisan thing um i think uh, you've just seen like people who i think would have been or were in a lot of cases like protesting against Bush and like, you know, like uh, Green Party people and stuff like that have just kind of like embraced uh, this like worst version of the GOP that we're seeing right now. So it's it's interesting to watch like this guy is like a perfect example of that. Yeah, yeah. And um, before we take a call real quick, I wanted to say I was thinking, I don't know if this is a, a silly thought, but, um, you know, like, you know, whatever faith you are in our religion, I guess one could look at it as um, – this sort of, uh, you know, discipline or belief system that explains the unexplainable or the seemingly unexplainable, you know? I think that, like, I don't know, man, like, conspiracies and living in this, like, super interconnected world where we have so much information at our fingertips, but none of it really makes sense, you know, and that's purposefully so, you know? Um, I'd say by, like, you know, the ruling elite, you know, uh, obfuscating things like economics or uh, global politics, and people end up turning to conspiracy theories, man, because there is um, a lack of kind of understanding, a lack of fulfillment in one's life. I don't mean to excuse these guys and their behavior, but I mean, it is something that's like deeply felt in a societal way, you know, this sort of alienation and trying to make sense of the world. And, um, you know, and frankly, looking at the people that are supposed to ostensibly, you know, um, take care of your needs and hear you, you know, in a democracy, but, you know, they don't, you know. And um, instead, you get this whirlwind of conspiracy theories and, you know, eventually turns into violence. You know what I mean? So that's uh, that's something that I imagine that we're going to be seeing a lot more as uh, as uh, shit hits the fan, you know? 
Yeah, yeah, no doubt. There's um, there's there's a good episode on the A Lab podcast. They're doing a mini series on Alex Jones where they talk about that mm-hmm. as well. Um, uh, and and kind of and they make very similar arguments, like not this exact same, but very similar mm-hmm. like kind of argument to that of just this this kind of decay, like elite decay. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's let's take the caller here. You are on Speak at Will. Hi. Yeah, I just, uh, sorry to call in so early, uh, but no, 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 you're fine. a couple of things. First, this whole, this whole situation, the first thing I thought of was how stupid is this person really like to think that you just break into the house leader's home and she's going to be there and there's no security. I mean, I think the, one of the news articles, uh, San Francisco Chronicle or something said, quote unquote, a person familiar with the matter says that if she's around, there's a security detail. If there's no security detail, she's not around. So, you know, clearly the thought process from A to Z here, there's a lot of holes in this piece of Swiss cheese. Uh, Secondly, this guy, I think you've covered uh, a comedian in New Hampshire or in New England before. Uh, I'm a longtime listener, so I know about, you know, he went from being kind of this, uh, you know, leftist, uh, you know, comedian or, or liberal, I should say, into this kind of far right. So, you know, th- that was kind of, you know, public. This is more uh, what's happening. You know, that's that's somebody where you can see them publicly from step one to, you know, step omega. And this one is where you're you have to fill in the blanks in, in by looking at his chat history, his, you know, social media history and see just how, you know, off the beaten path he's gone to be able to get to the place where he can perform this act of violence. And thirdly, this is Tulsi Gabbard's constituency. I mean, these are the kinds of people that, you know, are going to ride somebody like Tulsi Gabbard into high office. So I just, those are the three things I had to, you know, say off the top of my head. Yeah, definitely. So I think, you know, uh, the, the, the first thing, I think you're talking about Owen Benjamin, um, who is in uh, New York State, who we covered, I think one of, like one of, if not the first episode of the show uh, we covered, Owen Benjamin with um, uh, with with Brandon Sutton, uh, and uh, he he is uh, he's actually from upstate New York, but but yeah, like the Northeast, pretty normal liberal guy was actually I think married or at least engaged to Christina Ricci for a little while, um, and just is like just a straight up Nazi uh, at this point, and and is like starting a compound uh, out west. There's also J.P. Sears, although he's not from. Uh, New England and his kind of thing was just kind of making fun of um, making making fun of liberals and lefties but in 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 a somewhat clever way before and now he's just become uh, just a horrific little maga troll uh, and 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 also just like completely uninteresting like it's just very it's just very boring I, I wanted to uh, say too actually. but yeah I think you know as far as like the, the yeah go ahead oh no 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 go ahead Owen go ahead well, I just want to, just you know, as far as like J.P. Sears go, or as far as um, fuck all these people, all these horrible people. Um, yeah. So as 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 far as this guy goes, like the thought process from A to Z. I mean, yeah, uh, it seems pretty clear that uh, there isn't a lot of thinking going on. This guy was obviously pretty disturbed. If you look at the stuff that he wrote, um, it's pretty incoherent. Doesn't make a lot of sense. All of that's true. Uh, and I think that really, and, and I think that this is something the caller kind of like hinted at, is that it, it, it doesn't really actually matter though. Like like once these people are activated, they're activated. Like they, like it, it doesn't take much uh, for these guys to just kind of find something that triggers whatever 
uh, instinct that they had to cause violence, and then they do. So, um, yeah, like, like I certainly, like, this guy's, I think Swiss cheese is, like, a great way to kind of describe this guy's brain. Um, but, uh, but, but that doesn't, um, and not that I think the caller was trying to do this, but that doesn't take away, like, the, the threat of, of what he's doing and, like, and the danger of it. And, and certainly uh, we have seen that. With, with this attack. So go ahead, Aaron. Yeah. Sorry for sorry for rambling there over you. But, no, no, uh, yeah. no, 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 it's fine. Actually, <clears throat> I was thinking of two things. Um, Like, one, I mean, this is, I keep using the word scary, terrifying, but I can't think of any more synonyms. I mean, it just is. But, like, I, I think, like, people, people don't realize that, like, us on the left or, I mean, no one here is listening who's on the right, but, I mean, if you are, hi. But, uh, you know, people that are into politics, for lack of a better word, um, wonks, right? Um, self-taught people like us that are just sort of interested or, you know, go to school interested in these topics. Um, where I would say we're kind of a minority, right, ideologically speaking, right? Like, I actually think that most people, and I think you could track this with, like, you know, how many registered Democrats and Republicans you have, right? Like, actually, majority of people in this country um, are not affiliated or a third i say right maybe a third aren't affiliated with either party and i think even within party identification people have a hodgepodge of contradictory views you know um i saw this really funny tweet where this person said uh, my uncle um believes in these things right and it was all of like everything every tick was kind of like oh he's um an anti-vaxxer but thinks that people should wear a mask right and it kind of followed in that trend in a funny way, but also like very telling that, yo, I mean, honestly think that that's the majority of people in this country, right? Just have a, host, a hodgepodge of contradictory views that aren't really ideologically locked into one either party and especially a mainstream narrative. And that makes them easily susceptible to shit like this, right? To these conspiracies. And the other thing I was thinking that the caller brought up and that you were talking about, Owen, <clears throat> is just... The fact that now, because of, like, the internet, social media, people can follow and trace through, <clears throat> excuse me, someone's political evolution, you know, like, you can just go to someone's Facebook, right, or their Twitter, whatever social media they have, and sort of see this trajectory and kind of cross-reference it with events that have happened. And if you think about the way that the media has covered those events and how either side you know, whether from the left or the right or liberal conservative has fallen on these issues. I don't know, man. It's just a very interesting kind of cognitive map that we have access to. And you would think, I mean, and again, you know, I don't want to, or I didn't say, I didn't say this at first, but I want to make it clear that obviously I'm against the surveillance state. I'm against the fact that cops, you know, the feds can look at all this information and get it from, um, you know, internet providers and whatnot. And, um, you know, and possibly either entrap people or possibly go after people who didn't do anything wrong. But, you know, I do want to say that uh, maybe this is probably leading into like the Musk thing, too, we could talk about is that, um, I mean, one, when you have this proliferation of all this bullshit, of all this conspiracy theory shit, I mean, the cops, the law enforcement, they're often like monitoring this stuff, man, and they don't fucking do anything about it until the last fucking minute, right? Or if at all. So I'm kind of rambling here, but I'm just kind of curious to see as more comes out if cops had any kind of alerts about this guy, if anybody <clears throat> like a friend or a partner had uh, warned them or family member had warned law enforcement about him, authorities about him, 
Um, and yeah, I guess I'm finished there. But I mean, it's just it's just kind of interesting to see how these things unfold nowadays where, I mean, you can almost trace it like a map. Yet, I think, as the caller said, there's a lot of nuance there. Right. And a lot of like sticky shit that's kind of hard to figure out. But uh, I guess we will yeah. figure out, man, or some of it we will at least. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like I, I, I do want to kind of shift just back to just say just just talk about one thing, which mm-hmm. is the, the Tulsi Gabbard uh, part of it, because the attacker here was a big fan of Gabbard and also a big fan of uh, of Jimmy Dore. Yeah. And the reason that I think it's important to mention that stuff is that these are media political figures who have been pushing their audience in this direction for years. Um, and at this point, I think it's kind of hard to, to deny that even for like their super fans. Mm-hmm. Um, but it like, it's definitely telling that this guy had like a lot of like posts on there that were like from uh, Jimmy Dore talking about the Ukraine, yeah. the Ru- Russia Ukraine war um, talking like, you know, like kind of repeating a lot of the kind of things that you'd hear from, from people like Dor or like, uh, you know, similar lunatics like Blumenthal. Um, and, and, you know, as opposed to having any kind of like a, a nuanced view of it, he's just doing that. He's, he had this thing talking about like the war was basically so that Jews could take Ukrainian land, like kill people off and take Ukrainian land. Um, he, you know, was a big supporter of Gabbard. It's not surprising, right. That there was like, given those two, that there was a bunch of anti-trans content mm-hmm. on his site too. It's kind of like if you look at all of the stuff that he was blogging about and all the stuff that he was talking about, it all kind of like melds together to kind of show this perfect example of what this specific type of radicalized person is where, again, and I, and I, I know I, we already talked about this a little bit, but like again, like they start with the kind of uh, you know, like kind of like anti-authority, um, like uh, like kind of like like left libertarian stuff, which is good. Like I'm not saying that that stuff is bad, but then um, they 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 sometimes they can tilt into this kind of anti-vax and then anti-trans, and then it just like goes like straight up into this kind of far-right lunacy, uh, which is like what we saw with this guy. I mean, this is like you know not an, an, not a coherent. Uh, person, a very disturbed person, but still, like, this is this is an aspect of radicalization that I think people are not paying enough attention to. Not not people like us, but like people who actually, you know, are maybe like the mainstream media or something like that. They're not. I mean, like, the yeah. only way that they ever address this stuff is to say, "Oh, well, those guys are just <laughs> Russian agents." It's like, grow the fuck up, man. Exactly. Let's try and talk about reality here, okay? Like, that's not what's happening. What's happening is, the, I mean, these guys are very, very American, homegrown, uh, radicalized right-wingers who are doing a very specific type of radicalization toward people uh, on the right wing, and ignoring it is the kind of thing that is just going to lead to it com- like increasingly getting normalized. And then by the time that like you know like like you're you're looking around and you're like wait how how did all this happen how the fuck did we get here it's like no like if you guys have just been paying attention in the fucking first place well like, i mean Owen, it's it's like ahead. it's like the it's like the meme man it's like the joke what no class analysis does to a motherfucker right like you know what i'm saying like you know and i really do think like you know outside of like the joke i really do think like you know i think that's something that the left understands but 
you know, when you have like this cultural purchase and this, um, you know, this, this, this information being disseminated by, you know, this liberal, I don't mean to say like this liberal media is like a kind of conspiracy thing. I mean, it really is right. Like when you have these people that like somehow every two to four years when there's a new crop of psycho GOP, like, um, you know, house reps, and they're always like, how did this happen? You know, how did this happen? And it's like, well, dude, like, you know, you, you normalized it, right? I mean, one thing I want to bring up that um, I pointed out on Twitter is that, um, oh, and you remember the DCCC, I think it's over the summer, and I'm sure they've been doing this for years now. Um, and I think the Democratic Governors Association, all these um, campaign uh, arms of the Democratic Party were uh, funding or bankrolling uh, GOP Trump-backed candidates, right, running for office. Yeah, yeah. You know? And this is the the Pied Piper strategy, the same thing that we saw with Donald Trump, right, um, and the Clintons. And it's like, you know, I don't know. I don't want to be crude about it, but it's like, I, and I'm not saying that the Democrats are completely responsible for, I mean, they partially are responsible for this rise of the creeping fascist that we're seeing. But it's just like, you guys don't even take this seriously. And I'm talking about the establishment, right? You guys have been railing for the past several years that democracy is under threat. However, you want to take that, you know, I think objectively you could say that there is a threat of again, rising, you know, rising fascism. And um, it's like, they just campaign on it, you know? And it's, it's like, this isn't a fucking joke guys, you know? And I think like for Nancy Pelosi's husband to be lying in the hospital right now, you know, after the party inadvertently or purposefully so boosted some of these candidates and their conspiracies after Nancy Pelosi herself has said, we need a sane Republican party. We need a good Republican party. I mean, it's like, I don't know, man, I feel like you're kind of like, adding into all of that right or you're condoning it or again as we've been saying you're normalizing it right yeah yeah absolutely absolutely i'm, I'm bringing i'm bringing the collar back on here mm-hmm. uh for a second just to just to get that perspective you're, you're, you're back on yep i well, to take up all the air in the conversation but uh just a few points like you know i put in the in the comments you know the this guy's trajectory reminds me a lot about the toronto shooter he was like a teenager who got red pilled by ben shapiro and uh, thought muslims were gonna you know, take over or something, and he ended up shooting, I don't know how dozens of people uh, a few years ago. And you can see, you can watch the police interrogation of him where he's like, you know, I believed, he truly believed that, you know, they are taking us over and we have, I have to do something. I, I personally have to take responsibility. This is what he's saying to do something. And so, you know, I, I wouldn't uh, be surprised if there was any kind of interrogation, uh, uh, you know, coming out of this guy with a similar backstory because you know why else would you quote unquote take personal responsibility unless it's your responsibility you know which is what you're being fed by these uh alt media personalities um and secondly you know you know we there was a little discussion about you know why aren't the cops looking into it well first of all not that i'm uh not for police violence but just to give you the juxtaposition juxtaposition the cops walked in on this guy and uh nancy Pelosi's husband both holding hammers and nobody got shot. So that's just, you know, put that to the side. And secondly, um, you know, where are the resources going to kind of, quote unquote, predict, you know, predictive, preventive, uh, you know, policing or, you know, against violence, FBI, et cetera. Um, you know, that's a double-edged sword. Uh, we all, you know, we're very aware of what's been going on the past two decades with pre-crime in the Muslim community, uh, with the FBI, with, you know, uh, you know um, entrapment, et cetera. Um, and, uh, you know, I know we mostly talk about U.S. politics on this, uh, uh, on, you know, in this, uh, you know, venue. But in the U.K., you have Prevent, uh, which is one of their, 
four pithy words for the anti-terrorist and they pursue and a few others, but prevent is the one that, you know, people know about. And that's a pre-crime basically where they. Grade school children, uh, when they talk about anything Islamic related and then the, the prevent people come in and interrogate them and kind of. Uh, they put them in the system. So there's a there's actually a, an organization, Prevent Watch, is a nonprofit organization, and you know one of the lead people there, a PhD, Dr. Leila Al Haj, I believe, she has a few good interviews um, uh, about you know the the mindset behind how Prevent is supposed to work and uh, how it actually works in practice. Uh, you know, I don't want to take it away from from you know from <laughs> your call in here, but. Uh, it's a good listen, and if you were ever to, you know, reach out to her to, to set up an interview, that would be a great, um, you know, way to kind of uh, see how yeah. things are in Britain versus the U.S. with quote unquote pre-crime and why it doesn't work. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Thank you for that. Um, yeah, I think that um, I, I, I think that that is. I mean, like, I understand that, like, the impulse to wonder kind of where the authorities were um but to me uh you know that's kind of less important or or even i mean you know like like they the, the cops are not exactly like antagonistic to like the point of view of this guy david depape mm-hmm. you know like it's not like it's it's not like what he's saying is not something that you wouldn't hear from you know uh, like in in any kind of cop chat room or or cop union hall or whatever so i think that like thinking about relying on any kind of law enforcement interpretation or 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 intervention here would be would be a mistake i i but what's what's i think more important is kind of identifying like where the radicalization comes from Mm -hmm. but not but not in the same not in that pre-crime way obviously like i don't think that that is uh, I mean, and then there are like definitely a number of other issues here as to like who is the subject of pre-crime. You know, this is obviously callers talking about Britain, um, but you know, in Britain we we certainly see uh, like there's a reason that certain communities are singled out and certain communities are not. And but that's what we would see here too, I think, right, Aaron? I mean, I think yeah. I think if we if we saw communities being being subject to this kind of surveillance slash pre-crime enforcement, uh, it's very obvious, like, which specific communities would be, Absolutely. Would be targeted. Absolutely. I mean, it's always black and brown communities, you know. And, I mean, like, you know, I was thinking, too, um, you know, I think it was uh, FBI director, was it Christopher Ray? I think, a couple of years ago, coming out and saying that, um, you know, uh, uh, domestic terrorism, especially of the white nationalist variety, <laughs> was, like, the biggest threat, you know, in this country. Um, and yet we don't see any resources devoted towards combating that, you know, um, again, what you saw, the over the protests, um, of the uprising is you saw, you know, pre-crime and criminalization, right. Of, uh, protesters, you know, um, few people even died, right. Or were badly injured. So again, I, I mean, you, you were saying, oh, and I think it's, it's, you know, these cops, I mean, they're not entirely antagonistic or opposed to the ideas of, you know, someone like this. I think the same thing we saw on January 6th, right? We saw cops actually removing barricades to let the rioters get to the Capitol, you know, get closer to the Capitol. 
So um, relying on law, law enforcement in a situation like this, despite the fact that I can imagine that same thing after January 6th and after this, I can imagine that, um, I mean, the right is already doing it in their own way, talking about uh, the Democrats. Uh, this is why uh, they, they should be tough on crime. But instead, they're talking about defund. But we see the liberals play into this, too, where, you know, Biden's uh, making America safer act, right, giving the cops more money, right? And other supposed police reform bills, quote, reform. But really what it is to do is just turn this country even more into a surveillance state, right, and put more people behind the bars, um, especially with and given, as we were talking about, social media and people, uh, you know, becoming radicalized, um, you know, going after people for their political opinions, right? Um which, I mean, again, in this case is like, I don't know, this is a, another can of worms, you know, open, but it's like, you know, a guy like this, I mean, and maybe this is a, I don't want to go into the must thing too much, but, you know, these views, I mean, uh, uh, should we be criminalizing people for their political views? But at the same time, like, this is what happens, right? You get people who are actually activated and motivated to do this shit. So it's really nuanced, and I don't really know where you fall on on that, right, you know? Um, yeah, I mean, you yeah. can't you can't criminalize people for their views in this country. It's it's no. just there's like, well, people already are criminalized. Not... People already are criminalized for the view, but which people, you know? <laughs> right, right, right. But but I mean, it, it's it, it, like you're not going to be able to like enforce like enforcing that kind of a thing would be essentially impossible uh, yeah. in the U.S. I, I think that uh, the 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 most kind of I think the cleverest thing that I've read. Uh, so far on Musk taking over Twitter uh, was on the verge. Uh, and they were just basically saying, like, uh, like it, this is, like, more than a you you broke it, you buy a situation. Like, like this is you now. Like, you are yeah. Twitter now. Like, now you have to yeah. deal with it. You know, you want, you want to call it, like, a, a public square or, like, whatever. But, like, the reality is that this is a business. Um, yeah. You have advertisers. Yeah, that you just spent $44 billion on, and you're going to have to make some kind of money on it. And there's just no way that you're going to be able to get people to want to advertise on a platform where homophobic, transphobic, racist, hate, Nazis, et cetera, like, are, are allowed, you know, free reign on the platform. Like, nobody, like, no advertiser is going to want their name and their brand associated with, uh, you know, like, like Nazi Twitter. Basically, yeah. which is what, which is what you know, kind of he's he's kind of Im- implied is what he wants to do here. So, uh, I think that what we're going to see from Musk is um, he's going to talk a good game about letting some people back on. I think it's possible that he lets Trump back on. I'm not 100 percent sure, but he might. Uh, but he's already like backing down. He's already saying, "Oh, I'm going to have like a like a team of content uh, moderators or ba- like like you know an, an unelected, unofficial board." A diverse, uh, who are who are ideologically diverse? I think is like what he what he pointed out, right? What he understood, right? right? And right, and so you have so so you have a board, but they're just in, in an advisory role. Like, what do you think happens if like they come to Elon Musk and they're like, and like you know if he has like uh, Glenn Greenwald or something on there, and then he has um, you know uh, uh, somebody from Twitter uh, advertising. And, and, you know, the, the more libertarian voice is like, oh, well, you know, we should let on every single person that we ban. And the other person's like, well, Elon, if we do that, we're going to lose like $3 billion in revenue. Yeah. Like, let's be real. Who do you think he's going to listen to? He's yeah. going to listen to the person talking about the $3 billion in revenue. So 
I think that for all the talk that he's giving about like how this is going to like you know like like how he's how he's freeing Twitter and how it's going to become like this 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 wonderful new example of uh, of free speech. Uh, it's going to be probably be essentially the same, um, with possibly uh, slightly shittier maybe. But again, like you know, he's talking about like cutting all the content moderators. But like it, like again, how is he going to do that and yeah. still get uh, advertisers to spend money on the site? It's just I just don't see it happening. So, I mean, we saw we saw that we saw. I mean, I was just looking at it <clears throat> before we got on uh, that uh, uses of the N word by trolls uh, trying to test how far the free speech you know thing would go uh, rose five hundred percent. I mean, like you know, and it, this is the thing too is like I don't know, man. I've been thinking about this a lot. Like people like Jeff Bezos and Mark Zuckerberg and Elon Musk, all of these Peter Thiel, all of these um, these tech bros, um, these ostensible like futurists who. You know, I think Elon's idea is that these guys really bought the gimmick that the Internet, when it, you know, in the 90s was going to be this, um, how can I put it, this uh, symposium, you know, this digital symposium, you know what I mean, where, you know, there was not only freedom of speech and expression, but I mean, it was just limitless possibilities, right? I think this is the same thing you're seeing with um, a different topic, but the, the metaverse, right? Like you could be anyone or anything. And I mean, I think what we're seeing, it just so turns out that, nah, dude, it's just when a bunch of rich dudes just own these platforms, nothing is really liberated for anybody, right? And what happens is that um, someone like Elon Musk, you know, who has these reactionary inclinations, um, of course, who do you think is going to have the most reign of free speech, you know, on this platform, right? And I don't think that, you know, Twitter overnight is going to change into this like 4chan hellhole or Reddit hellhole. But I do think just functionally because he's going to fire maybe, I don't know, I think Twitter was already thinking like, he said 75%, but I think Twitter was thinking more like, what is it, 25 to 25 Well, there was, there was a leaked memo. Yeah. It's, it's like not clear exactly like how true like that memo is, but there was a leaked memo, yeah, that said yeah. that he was going to fire 75%. 75%, but even if he doesn't, right, which is like, you know, an outrageous claim, but he's going to let people go. And I think what's going to happen in terms of the proliferation of this reactionary shit is that it, it won't it won't even be so much ideologically from him. Yes, that'll be an influence, but he's just going to fucking let go all of these like, you know, all these people who work on the fucking site and you're not going to have enough people to like moderate the site. Right. You're not going to the functions and features, I don't think. And I mean, this is coming from somebody who uses Twitter a lot. Right. But all of these things, I think, just kind of echoes back to what this guy always does right whether it's spacex um whether it's any any part of project whether it's his fucking hyperloop thing is like this dude uses federal money and subsidies to expand on an idea that was already either funded by public money or even something functionally like a hyperloop i mean it's just a fucking train right but what he's trying to do with twitter i guess is like you know cut the fat and you know, harken back to this free, open democracy, but it's just going to make the site shittier, more reactionary. And I don't know, man. I mean, I don't. I, I'm just more curious if, uh, if advertisers. I think I saw that. I don't know if this is true, so maybe I shouldn't say it. But I saw that some advertisers were already thinking about pulling from uh, pulling ads from Twitter. You know, um, I think GM is one that I saw, and it's just you know, I, I mean, at the end of the day, money talks, right? So I think Elon, despite whatever he might personally believe, 
he's going to want those advertisers. So we'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, man, I, I think that if it wasn't going to be Elon Musk, which I mean, this is the worst fucking. I mean, anybody would have been horrible. But I mean, he's just like a cartoon villain, right? But it would have been some other fucking rich dude, right? Um, but the fact that it is him, I think, does definitely give impetus, you know, to the far right, you know, and all these free speech people who, last thing I'll say, you know, uh, these guys talk a big game about free speech, but you make a joke about Elon Musk on Twitter and they will be in your mentions tagging him in the FBI. So, again, <laughs> these guys don't actually believe in any of this shit, right? No, no, no. They hate it. They, they, I mean, they get they get e- extremely, extremely upset about it. Um yeah. And yeah, I mean, I think I think that's I mean that's all true. I, Musk is uh, you know a dipshit, um, and you know not not really somebody who who like in an ideal world we would have to pay too much attention to. Unfortunately, now uh, and unfortunately not now, but unfortunately like over like the last like decade or two, he has really gone from just being like in, insanely rich to like insanely rich and having. Uh, this kind of political influence. So now we actually yeah. do have to pay attention, which which sucks, which sucks. Um, yeah. But you know, it, it it it's just it's just the situation that that we're in. Uh, just the last couple of minutes here, um, thought that we could we could also kind of talk to you as as someone who lives in Georgia about mm-hmm. the Warnock Walker race. Um, I'm just kind of curious, like what it's like there. Uh, it looks like from the outside, like Walker could do it. Um, but I've also like thought that, uh, that it has seemed that Warnock has not been hitting him that hard, but then I've like tweeted stuff like that. And people have like, people from Georgia have come back and been like, no, uh, he, he, he is hitting him. So I, I guess I'm curious, like, so, so, uh, what's, what's the deal? I mean, yo, to be honest with you, man, um, I, I've seen some ads from Warnock that have been, um, I mean, like, I'll watch a YouTube video and, you know, all these ads are geo-targeted or whatever. And, I mean, an ad will pop up in the first, like, three seconds. It's talking about Herschel Walker beating on his wife, you know, and abandoning his kids and, you know, um, you know, giving, saying that he's against abortion, but apparently, like, paying for all these abortions. So, I mean... If you watch, which like everyone does, right? Most most people, right? You watch news or you go on the internet and you live in Georgia, you're constantly seeing ads. So in terms of hitting him, I mean, like, and I guess that's the thing, right? It's like, you know, if you weren't already predisposed to thinking that Herschel Walker was a piece of shit, are these ads going to change your mind? And I did see some polling that, um, I mean, Warnock is Warnock is in the lead. You would think that, like, you know, he's a couple points up. You'd think that he'd be more considering who he's running against. Uh, but one of the things I found interesting was um, even Republicans said that they didn't find, majority said that, overwhelmingly said they didn't find Herschel Walker uh, trustworthy. Um, but they found uh, Warnock trustworthy, which I think is a interesting question when you think about polls, right? Because somebody could say they would vote for someone, right? based on their party, kind of the party line, but they might not actually like that person, right? Um, And who knows, maybe come election day, I mean, that's not really true. People have their fucking minds made up way before election day, right? But um, I don't know, man. I don't don't know if anybody's mind is necessarily being changed or if we're just seeing the circus on display. I mean, there was that, I didn't watch the debate because, I mean, sometimes I just fucking can't, right? But I should have because in the debate, Herschel Walker 
uh, after Warnock said that. I mean, everyone saw this. So if, if you've ever, you know, if you've already seen it, sorry. But Herschel Walker, uh, War, uh, War, Warnock, sorry, uh, says that he has never pretended to be a police officer. And Herschel Walker pulls out a fake police badge out of his, like, inner pocket and shows it to everyone. And the moderator is telling him, like, he's a fucking child. Like, you were told you couldn't bring that, put it away. And just to recount that, just to kind of, like, I think that what's on display in Georgia is, I mean, it's unique, but we're going to see it around the, across the country. I mean, just like, you know, this liberal running against, up against this fucking wacko, insane fucking dude. But I think what makes this interesting is that it's two black dudes, right? And, I mean, some of the takes I've been seeing, dog, like, oh, and let me tell you some of the takes. I mean, I've been seeing takes, like, I mean, just, just straight, like, brain-dead liberal shit. Like, like, like we were talking about before, like, oh, why is this thing like this? Like, as if assuming that because they're two black guys, that they would be of the same political persuasion, right? Which would be on the left, right? Or liberals, right? Because there's this misconception that black people are a monolith. And I mean, I think we're seeing that since Trump, we're kind of seeing that kind of shatter, but liberals still hold true to that. And it's just kind of breaking their minds right now that a black guy would throw in his lot with not even just white reactionaries, but also capital, right? You know, in its most um, offensive form, right? As white supremacy, as patriarchy, you know? Um, yeah. And I don't know. I, I, that's, yeah, that's just an interesting thing. The, the, the kind of takes on that have been kind of making me chuckle, man. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm, I'm. Let me try and say this carefully. Um, <laughs> I think I think that a lot of white people, especially white white liberals, uh, for this specifically, right, mm -hmm. um, tend to, and, and a lot of white liberals who have never really spent any time with black people in any kind of a social situation have not had any friends who are black. Like, and, and I, I'm not, not trying to like be mean here. I'm you just should, like, you should, you just, should be mean. You, I'll be mean what, for you. This, like, this is just what I observe. Okay. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, like I grew up in a really white area and, and, and you know, I, I, I had I had friends who were black, but a lot of people I knew just didn't uh, mm. because there just weren't a lot of people of color around. And, and so I think that for a lot of people who who grow up like that and who go through life like that, especially when they're liberal and especially over the last six, seven years mm -hmm. have kind of created this version of magical black people. <laughs> yes, the magical Negro. Yeah. The liberal, and, the liberal magical Negro, though. Right, right. And so, but so, like, if they see someone like Herschel Walker going up, like, they're like, I don't understand how he could possibly support XYZ <laughs> yeah. uh, policy. I don't understand how he could possibly support XYZ politician. And it's like, yeah, but that's because like you are not understanding that like like people are people, okay? Yes. And like people are going to have shitty opinions. And like that's not like based on the color of their skin. People are going to have shitty opinions based on their shitty opinions. Exactly. And that's just like the way things are. And, and but I think that for a lot of people like they don't see that and they don't understand that and so this kind of like magical mythical like view of like how they expect 
black people specifically in this case to behave and, and, and to act is like what is driving this. And so like, that's why they see like Herschel and they're like, I just don't understand. Yeah. Like how yeah. could this possibly be happening? And it's because like, yeah, because you're not like, 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 yeah, the Herschel Walker is like a, 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 a rich former football player. Exactly. Who got hit in the head a lot and is like an evangelical. Exactly. And like, exactly. And, and, and you... social conservative. Like there are reasons that he believes this stuff. Like, why dude, would he not? I, dude, and I know, and I like know, I've met people living in the South like that, right? But I also want to point something else out too, is that like, what pisses me off is that I've always seen articles too in the same vein, right? Um, in, these are written by articles written by black women, right? Of black men, black liberals saying shit like black men don't fall into the Republican trap, right? I don't remember the exact headline, but it was something like that that was going around on Twitter a couple of days ago. And it fucking pisses me off because what it does is that it places the onus, right? on black men instead of the fucking party right and doing what it ostensibly should be doing which is fucking politics campaigning right like listen dog i'm not gonna fucking condone any fucking like i have a joke you know and i'll fucking say this man if i'm allowed to you know i have a joke that we're gonna have to do something about black liberals and black conservatives after the revolution right and it's a fucking joke but what i'm saying is that you know being a black leftist is incredibly frustrating for me to see not black liberals, because I mean, those, I mean, everyone starts out as a liberal, but black reactionaries, black conservatives, right? Especially social conservatives. But like you were saying, people are fucking people. And there's a reason why people believe the shit that they do. And if you want people to, all right, if you want people to even believe differently so that they can just fucking vote for you, right? Right? Even if it's like, a, a, you know, a good, objectively good social programs, right? Um, or things like, you know, abortion, right? Or things like, Hey, we want to actually like, um, I don't know. Well, I mean, I'm thinking what else do Democrats actually have anything to campaign on that's progressive. I don't fucking know. I don't uh, know. Like, they're better <laughs> on gay rights. Yeah, I get, I get, okay, yeah, for sure. I was trying to bring up material economic stuff, but that's the fucking problem, man, is that they don't talk about that shit. Um, I did a pod on my own podcast. Um, we were actually talking about the Kanye West stuff. Everybody loves communism. I do it, Jamie and Jorge, my uh, co host. We were talking about Kanye West. And I did some digging and looking up like, okay, what was, what, what, what is it looking like right now with black conservatives? Right. And I think, oh God, I wish I could remember. I think 6% of black people voted for Donald Trump, which was, I think pretty much he kind of doubled, I guess, or maybe a four point jump from his 2016 numbers with the black community. And when you ask, when, I guess, I think it was, um, I forget what polling, what polling firm it was, but when they asked people, black people, what do you care about most? What's your pressing issue? Uh, they were like the economy, right? Which, I mean, across the board is what most people are concerned with, right? Securing financially for themselves, their families, right? And like my dad, for example, you know, he voted, he was a Democrat, voted liberal, you know, voted Democrats liberal, but he would say shit like, well, Trump will run the country like a business, you know? And I mean, I could go on and on, but there's this like, there's a strain in black conservatism about like um, self um, independence, right? And being able to um, take care of yourself, right? And the idea that nobody else is gonna do it for you. So the idea of capitalism, right? Black capital, right? The only thing that will kind of save us. And I mean, it's very easy for me to understand this, you know, being black, but liberals and Democrats who think that, well, we're not the racist party. Why wouldn't you vote for us? It's like, dude, it's not enough. It's not, and that's even arguable, right? It's not enough for you to be like supposedly not racist, right? 
that has to be attached with economic policies that actually benefit some of the most marginalized people in this fucking country. And I'm rambling here, but it just really pisses me off, man. And it's, I wouldn't, I don't, I wouldn't say I'm worried. Um, I mean, why, why would I be worried? But I guess my mom lives here, right? So I care who the fuck becomes senator. Um, but you know, it is, it is like a little bit troubling, man. It is troubling to kind of not Herschel Walker himself, but the Democratic Party and liberals and how they respond to this shit, and how I think the theme of what we were talking about today is that these people are just completely blinded by the shit, man, or they choose to ignore it. I don't know, you know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I think that I mean the reason is that 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 we're almost like dancing around is because the Democratic Party is is on the downswing. It's a decaying political party that doesn't really have much to offer people yes. at a time when it is like really needed yeah. that they offer people something. And so that's kind of you know what what is happening at this point is is that we're watching. Um, it, like similar, I think, to like you know a, a pre, like during the antebellum era, like like eighteen forties, eighteen fifties, the like the Whig Party, which was just not able to offer people anything, wouldn't wouldn't take like a strong side on uh, slavery in that case, but but you know just w like any political position, right? And I think that that is uh, like a like the, it's the similarities are pretty hard to ignore of 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 what's going on, but. Um, I think let's 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 wrap up here. Uh, Aaron, thanks so much for coming on. Um, thanks, caller, for calling in. Uh, really, just a great conversation. Uh, Aaron, you want to just uh, give everyone a boost? Let them know where they can find uh, you and your work and your two other two other podcasts, right? Two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a yeah. I'm a I'm a, I'm a podcast man. Um, so uh, people can people can check me out at uh, the Trillbillies Trillbilly Workers Party. Um, uh, Everybody loves communism. Um, that's the one I mentioned earlier. Uh, trying to get more uh, uh not even just you know subscribers or subs but just listeners so um check that out um we cover theory and current events with obviously a leftist communist uh bent and um sometimes i'm on struggle session where i get to have fun and talk about comics and star trek and uh if anybody wants to follow me on twitter i'm at borg posting b-o-r-g posting um at twitter so uh as always on thank you for letting me uh I, I like I like talking, man, because I get to vent. I mean, I record a lot of podcasts, so I get to talk about this shit too. Uh, but I just get to vent in a very kind of like, you know, just chill kind of setting, and um, get to figure out a lot of stuff that I've been kind of working out in my brain. But I get to express it when I talk to you, man. So I appreciate it as always. Yeah, yeah. Likewise, it's 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 always fun to fun to do the back and forth. So everyone listening live or on replay, if you haven't already done so, please subscribe to the show, uh, like, follow, do all that stuff. If you're listening on syndication on Spotify, Apple, or Google Podcasts, uh, please like, subscribe, uh, do all of that stuff. And, yeah, so we will see you on Tuesday with Nikki McCann Ramirez. We're going to do a pre-election uh, session. And then, uh, then we'll be back on Saturday or Sunday, but haven't decided exactly what that's going to be. So thanks, Aaron. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and talk to you guys later. Bye.